Hello and welcome to the fittiest edition, aka the 50th edition of the newsreel. My name is Ken. And my name is Jeremy. And here on the newsreel, even though we dedicated an entire episode to doing a deep dive on Stranger Things 4 Volume 2 last week, today we are back in our us- uh, with our usual format where we talk movie and TV news. But Jeremy, before we do that, we're going to start off like we normally do with our TNR question of the day. And so we are recording this episode on Wednesday, July 13th. And yesterday they released the Emmy nominations. And so it's been a while since we've borrowed uh, topic questions from at light, uh, Lights Camera Barstool. But here we go. <laughs> Actually, I should have probably said it like, here we go. go. Uh, so Jeremy, question of the day. Coming from that Instagram post, it's actually a two-parter. From those list of Emmy no- uh, nominations, who was your biggest snub and who was your biggest lock to win? So, Jeremy, go ahead. And do uh, you want to do snubs first and then we'll do locks? Yeah, let me see. I think I forgot the lock. But, yeah, my snub, though, like who wasn't able to make the list. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, I was researching, I was like, who, like, who might have, should have gotten, you know, a nomination or something, mm-hmm. uh, which I tend to agree with. I'm going to go with Sadie Sink in Stranger mm-hmm. Things. Uh, her performance as Max in this latest season really carried the entire season. Like, it was a bit weird. Like, of course, we always enjoy Eleven. We enjoy uh, Hopper and... Um, Thing. Joyce. Joyce, Joyce, yeah. yeah. But it's like, I always enjoy them, but Max, I think the character of Max was the one that really carried the <sighs> most of season four. So, I think it, that would have been a good, like, supporting nomination. Character? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I actually do agree with you. I mean, it's not my uh, snub, um, but just to kind of add what you're talking about, I think we both are in agreement that for season four, well, for me anyway, I I feel like she was uh, my season four MVP. She I feel felt like she was the the heart of season four. Obviously, you know, coming off of that traumatic ending to season three, losing Billy, even though, um, you know, they had a kind of a rocky relationship as sim- uh, was it half siblings, right? Yeah, yeah, half siblings, and so yeah. especially since you know she was introduced in season two i don't know if you remember but she was introduced as a kind of a random character in the uh the the opener of season two and they made it initially seem like she was uh maybe a possible like uh what competition for what for mike um mike's affections and then you know 11 got a little bit jealous and in like threw her off her um skateboard and uh, she's come a long way, I feel like. Yeah, that, that character has gone through a lot. And the question of, you know, she was ab- basically abused by her stepbrother. Yeah. And it, for that to come to even bigger, like, question of whether or not she wanted him to be killed or not, it's it was a big emotional roller coaster in season four. Mm, I agree. I agree. Well, for me, my biggest snub uh, as far as Emmy nominations comes in the, and and I think you could probably guess where I'm going, 
The nominations for Best Limited Series category, I've pimped this show since basically the end of last year and the early part of this year. I feel like I, I was just dumbfounded because it was literally the first slide of nominations that Station Eleven did not appear uh, as uh, as uh, being nominated as the Best Limited Series category. Dude, even though I love some of the shows that were nominated because I did catch a few of them, but I feel like... Dude, where's the creativity? Because all the other shows, for the most part, are shows that are based on actual true events. Mm. And I feel like there should be extra points given to an um, to a original. original story. And so, I don't know. I feel like maybe the reason why it didn't get nominated is because maybe not enough people watched it or know about the show. Mm. Uh, for me, Silver Lining, I feel like it being snubbed especially for I think this is like the Super Bowl of TV shows, you know, award shows anyway, uh with the Emmys. I feel like this clinches its underratedness. Yeah. I still I mean, maybe it's because people didn't watch it and maybe uh but at the same like I haven't seen it yet. So Damn it, Jeremy. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of shows I'm not caught up on. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. there's other yeah. stuff, but um yeah, honestly, I haven't seen a lot of these shows that are on uh mm-hmm. on these on these lists sad to say i guess but uh my lock i guess like going through them i maybe squid game you know for best uh for best drama for best drama yeah yeah uh, i'd probably go with that I, it has to be on there it's like the new parasite <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, for for yeah. tv uh yeah because that i was really trying not to get FOMO, you know, freaking, uh, everyone I know, you were really late to the, to the party. I, I literally watched it because I did not want to be, I wanted to everything else to like settle down first and then watch it. And then if I know if I still like it, even when everything's settled, that means it's a really good show and that's what happened. So that would be my lock. Oh man, I that I feel like that drama category was too stacked for me because mm. I think other than uh, Severance, which I think I'm actually gonna watch, um, pretty you know next, it's because it's only a one season commitment. It's one of the shows that I'll probably start in the near future. That and Ozark, I've seen literally every other show nominated in that drama series, mm. and if I had a vote, actually, it would actually be for Better Call Saul, only because I already know that there's going to be some... Because it's a final season, first of all. I mean, that it's got that inherent advantage. Um, but, I mean, I feel like there's so many heavy hitters in that category that I, I can't do a lot. If we're talking about locks, I can't do any locks in that category. It's mm. like... I feel like it's like roulette. Um, so, my lock is actually in the best, uh, best actress category. Mm. In a drama series, Zendaya, just for um, season two, episode five, that stand still like the mocking, uh, sorry, stand still like the hummingbird episode. Because, dude, this episode alone, you go on this crazy wild ride. I'm not going to give any spoilers, but you go through so many different emotions. You, it's just such a crazy roller coaster of an episode that you basically see the versatility of Zendaya's acting chops in. I feel like she delivers. I feel like it's a shoe in that she's going to win. Mm. I, I mean, just looking at that list, it definitely is the one that probably got the most buzz. Yeah. Uh, especially, I heard like, I watched the actors on actors um, 
interview that she did. I, forgot, I think it was with Andrew Garfield. And oh. they, they specifically like talked about that episode, I think. Oh my God. It's so good. Uh, I, it's, it's a shoe in that that's the episode that they submitted for, uh, for the Emmy nominations. It's just, oh, it was so good. Um, dude, you need to get on, uh, euphoria. <laughs> so many shows. There's so, there's I'm too already, many. I I'm know. already behind on movies. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's too many. There's too many. All right. The movie topic, since I'm the movie guy here on the newsreel, I want to bring up. It's actually a trailer for a David O. Russell movie called Amsterdam. And it, like I got a little tired of like talking about the big budget stuff like Thor and Fast and Furious or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> you have to mention you have to mention I know. It, really. Mention that series all the time. I hate it. Um, uh, you know what? I shouldn't be talking. I'm the one who usually mentions it. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to bring up something uh I, it's almost Oscar bait. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it really yeah. is. Because the cast is stacked on this movie. Just the first three on the on the billing is Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, and John David Washington. And then you get freaking a whole other supporting cast of um, Robert De Niro. You got Rami Malek. There's um, Taylor Swift. Taylor, <laughs> Taylor Swift <laughs> is in the movie. Uh, Chris Rock. Will Mike Smith. Myers. No, I'm just kidding. No, not Will Smith. <laughs> not doing it. <laughs> uh, Michael Shannon. You got uh, Michael Myers. So Timothy Oliphant. Oh, yeah, Timothy Oliphant. So Anya Taylor Joy. Taylor Joy. Yeah. See, so it's like it just never ends. Stacked. It's it's a stacked movie. Um, but even then, just even without the cast, it seems like a really good story, a really interesting story. And at the same time, like it's one of those con people movies. Which you know the cliches in these movies, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm gonna we're gonna speculate right now because I know you've seen the trailer at least a couple times. Yes. Uh, who do you think will betray who <laughs> in the movie? Because it, it seems like with all this planning and we saw the trailer, there's definitely some ties within this um, trio. The, one of them. At least one of them has to be the the wolf in sheep's clothing. I'm calling Margot Robbie. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like she's gonna try to play like an innocent type character or whatever, and they'll try to make her likable so you kind of get in on her side where you're not really um, suspecting her to, I guess, pull that heel turn. Mm. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I just feel like she's got enough uh, acting versatility where she she can play both a, a villain but also someone that you root for. And so I don't know if it's because, you know, Margot Robbie's going to play Barbie <laughs> with uh, Ryan Gosling Ken. Um, so I don't know. I just feel like uh, it's going to be Margot Robbie season pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a lot of projects for her coming up. And I would have to agree with you just kind of looking at the characters. I feel like she's going to have like that um, – connection with maybe john david washington's character um and then christian bale will kind of be like the kind of the mastermind of the group a little bit but then uh while margot robbie's kind of like the front person you know because she's the nurse of the group and she's able to get like get into places probably easier than some of these guys i have to agree with you i feel like in the end she's gonna 
she's gonna put put a heel turn and like you know where'd she go and then it's like she's off with all the money or whatever they're gonna basically do in this movie a follow-up question i guess to kind of go in line with the whole cast uh who do you think is which character or which actor are you actually gonna looking forward to see the most out of this stacked cast oh my god there's so many um you know what? Only because in these sort of things, and yeah, it was his. his uh, I think appearance was a little disappointing as like the main villain in No Time to Die. Mm. But I'm always looking forward to Rami Malek mm. in, in the way he. Uh, I love the way he acts, uh, and I feel like because he sometimes plays some weird characters, I feel like he's a total wild card, and I feel like he. Uh, I feel like you're not going to be able to kind of grasp like his character's motivations that I feel like uh, he'll stir the pot. Mm, okay. Yeah. That's definitely, I'm wondering how much screen time he's going to have. I hope it's a yeah. good amount because I do, every time I do see him, I do like him um, for me. Cause we, I guess I haven't seen too much of him. It's going to be, I'm looking forward to John David Washington. Just because, I mean, like, yeah, he's part of the main trio, but uh, besides Tenet, I've only seen him in one other movie, Beckett, on Netflix, Mm -hmm. I think. Uh, And I've seen him in, like, a show with The Rock called Ballers and stuff. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But other than that, I haven't had too many opportunities to kind of judge whether or not he's, like, um, a good actor or what if, like, what's his range as an actor? Uh, I want to see if how how charismatic is he he is and i'm looking like i i feel like he's a enjoyable actor entertaining but i want to see like how far of a stretch is his character going to be in this movie cuz i know like i was going to say maybe robert de niro but you know he's always good i was almost going to say Anya taylor joy because she's been in a bunch of stuff and she's always good as well so it's like there those are always like reliable actors to go with mm-hmm. um but I want to see like John David Washington and more stuff to get more of a, like see where he is in this level of, especially in this cast. I wonder if he's mm-hmm. going to be able to stand out. Yeah. You know what? Just to kind of add to your uh, point about not seeing him in too many things. I th- yeah. Just to add to that. I, I, I think the only other thing that I've seen him in other than tenant was that uh, Malcolm and Marie Netflix original mm-hmm. that was directed by Sam, Sam Levinson, who, uh, who, is the creator and director of Euphoria, so you get kind of get that whole like cinematography type thing, and the style, the stylized, I guess portrayal of some scenes, and it was basically a, a it's kind of a spoiler for Malcolm and Marie. It's just basically a uh, a bottle movie, and where it just takes place in a single setting essentially, and so. Yeah, I mean, it, first of all, it was kind of weird just seeing him without his beard, a signature beard. <laughs> yeah, um, because I feel like he kind of looks like a more cl- like a uh, more debonair version of James Harden because he's got that really nice looking beard. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah, it was weird not seeing him with one. <laughs> yeah, I thought you, at first I thought you were gonna say you know his dad. Um, no. <laughs> but I was like Denzel. Yeah, Denzel Washington. But that James Harden comparison <laughs> is very accurate. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, it's it's one of those movies that 
just because it came out of nowhere. I think we were talking about the D23 announcements uh, several weeks ago. And when I just came across like just like the cast list, I was like, dude, I can't wait until this movie comes out. And I'm already looking forward to it. And I think it's coming out before the end of the year. So uh, stay tuned. We're probably going to add it to our season five schedule. I know. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. So um, obviously Jeremy is that movie guy. Um, the TV guy bringing that TV topic. And so, uh, we recently last Friday, uh, the eighth, if I'm getting my dates, right. Uh, Amazon prime, they aired the boys season three finale. Uh, and it's a show that Jeremy and I, uh, love. I was a little bit late to, to mm. the part. I think I latched on when season two was going on. So I was kind of binge watching season one, right into two. And I'm glad that I'm c- freaking caught up because uh spoiler alert i love this season of tv Mm. uh but we'll get into more specifics because here's my question jeremy uh it's kind of a variant of some of my most recent uh tv topics so i wanted to use some lingo from the show so what is the most diabolical moment from the season three finale basically it's like what was your highlight of season three (laughs) Ooh, damn Uh, season three finale sorry just for that last episode yeah yeah just the finale damn man um moment the moment yeah just the just the moment yeah that the the smile of that kid ryan at the end ryan yeah Yeah, and now i i hope he stays a bad guy dude because that uh that kid or yeah, I, I, I couldn't stand that kid in season two. Yeah, <laughs> he's just giving me a good reason to love to hate him. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Oh uh, man, because we could definitely rant about everyone teaming up against Soldier Boy, <laughs> dude. Because <laughs> crazy. But, yeah, the mo- I'm gonna stick with this for now. I'm gonna let you go first. But yeah, the when um, Homelander lasers someone in public. And Dude, then that was nuts too. <laughs> that was nuts too. I was like, just in that cell, in that in itself, that means everyone loves this guy for just being him now. And he's going to be able to reign free off his leash. And by his side is freaking Ryan. And yeah, that, that kid, man, he's uh, just, with the, yeah, ever since season two when he's going against his mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I couldn't. I couldn't stand that kid, and so now at least he's a heel, a straight up heel. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't like that. You know when they ha- when they're like supposed to be a, um, what do you call it, a baby face in, in but then he's really a heel. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. basically like John Cena for when you, when it's like, dude, what, he's someone that you're supposed to to root for, but you just hate because he's just annoying. Yeah, I that hope, was that was Ryan. I <laughs> I hope he stays a heel in season four. Because yeah. if they just have this, oh, you know, like, or Butcher's like, oh, I did it to protect you and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like that's too cliche. I just hope he stays a villain. He, yeah. He, Butcher should have just let him die. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like, dude, Soldier Boy only gave him a shove, dude. Chill out. Uh, it's not like he freaking punched Ryan across the room, which he oh should have done. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Oh man! Well, 
my diabolical moment uh, of the season three finale. Oh man, it's a tie. You know, I could just in the interest of just uh, mentioning two quick things. First of all, Black Noir's sudden oh. death. I know that that they were like literally, you know, kind of like kind of telegraphing. It's like, dude, we spent a lot of time with Black Noir with the weird uh, cartoon characters, yeah, the Looney Tunes type stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, but then the fact that he just died because like freaking Homelander just punched him in the gut, and then he just like basically his guts just came out, dude. That was so crazy because it was unexpected. Yeah, a bit anticlimactic. Uh, the suddenness, though. right? Uh, was that? I feel like it was a bit anticlimactic. Yeah. Yeah, just well, because his character was building up to so much these past three seasons for him yeah. to just die like this. I like that. Yeah. I, and I feel like that was like, it was crazy because it was unexpected, mm-hmm. but yeah. In, in terms of like the overall thing, it, it was a little disappointing how he just died like that. I thought, I thought obviously they spent the majority of the season, especially the back half of the season where soldier boy was going after his old team. I thought mm-hmm. it, obviously they were going to show some sort of, Final confrontation. Yeah, but. between him and Noir. And yeah. I watched um, uh, one of the episodes of The Boys Diabolical. It's Diabolical. like an yeah. animated show. And they actually showed right. more of a backstory between Homelander and Noir, which is actually part of like the boys' universe. And I was like, dude, the Noir should almost be like Soldier Boy, Homelander level uh, type of strength in, in that yeah. way. Or at least Soldier Boy. Um, before the whole thing, Russian stuff, but so it was a bit disappointing for him to just die like that. I don't, right. but a part of me almost feels like he's not gone fully. Do you think they're going to try to resurrect him? So he's like, I mean, cause I felt like, dude, obviously black noir became black noir cause he got like totally beat up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he got he's blown up and, but yeah, his guts are hanging out, but it's not like he got set on fire. Like, like lamplighter and he he didn't like get his limbs chopped off like um storm storm not stormbreaker what's her name uh <laughs> not- stormfront stormfront right <laughs> yeah it's like yeah. and she survived from season 2 to 3 it, i feel like noir could at least show up in yeah. some form in in the I next hope season so. i hope so you know what if he does maybe he can be like the next boy the boys recruit <laughs> you know yeah see yeah. Uh the the other one that I wanted to mention was dude, Homelander v Maeve and specifically mm. that one scene where Homelander literally like pokes his like thumb right in her eye. Mm. Dude, I was like, "Oh, oh, dude, in, in a, a show that has heads popping like like popcorn and all that stuff, that still got to me just cuz you know, the eyes are so like uh, you know, just I don't know. It just makes my skin crawl. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's because you get to see everything, right? Like, compared yeah. to the heads popping, yeah, that's crazy. But it, it happens so fast compared to the slow pushing into someone's eye. It's Ooh. yeah, kind of like Stranger Things when they have the, the eyes kind of sucking into the skull and all that stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. But that fight was actually pretty good. And I like how Maeve was winning because Homelander really shouldn't be good at fighting and it Mm -hmm. showed so yeah because uh really his strengths are you know like basically keeping people away at a distance with his laser eyes and and all that stuff and flying obviously yeah like he has like lazy style fighting he just relies on his power so much Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. wait did did you say that you had had another one uh question 
no, 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 the uh, diabolical moment, or because I actually have a bonus question. If you don't, oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go. Oh, okay, go ahead. so uh, my bonus question actually, because because I, I feel like we talked about it in the you know we talked about this show in the very beginning. Obviously, they were spending a lot of those first three episodes setting up the rest of the you know the main plot and everything. So my uh, my bonus question for you is: Did you have a favorite moment in all of season three? Ah, dude, in all of season three, damn. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, my favorite moment would probably be in the episode Hero Gasm, and yeah, it's just the 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 three the three way fight, the yes. triple threat match between yes. Homelander, yes. Butcher, and Soldier Boy. I, oh like, my God. and that obviously led into the finale as well mm-hmm. and it's just man what it just i don't know is it in character to all of us and like everyone just all of a sudden go against soldier boy i don't know yeah. it's like they could have easily beat homelander right then and there but no it's like we it's like Maeve has you to can't hold. kill off homelander though yeah i feel like homelander is gonna make it to the end because i feel like he as much as we love the boys, uh, Butcher, Huey, uh, M.M., Frenchie, and all the other ones, I feel like like because Homelander's such a good heel, uh, dude, if they kill him off earlier than whatever the se- series finale is, dude, the, the show will suck right after. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those where it's like, oh, you, you... Homelander really does make the show. It's it like, It's like... I guess it's not really the Joker. I feel like this has happened in other shows where it's like once you kill off that character, it's just like the show goes downhill. Maybe uh, Shane in Walking Dead. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> or when Michael two. Scott left the office. I mean, oh yeah. Uh, the show. I mean, I still love some of the later episodes, uh, but it's just not as good when Michael Scott's not in in the office at in Scranton. So I mean, dude, you gotta have home. Like if if they decide to kill off Homeland, you might as well just end the show. Is basically what I'm saying. Yeah, and I feel like that's their plan. I feel like they know what they're doing. It's like Homelander is really the backbone of the show, mm-hmm. and then Butcher is like the fists of the show. Yeah. Um, it's just really. Did I say yeah? I said Butcher. Okay, and uh, <laughs> it's getting late. Uh, let's see. Yeah, if they got rid of him. I'm glad Soldier Boy's not dead though. Jensen Ackles yes. still <laughs> Yes. He dude, Jensen Ackles was so good. And he really, if you think about it, he was only there for like half the season. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, please. I just want him to survive because like uh, I you know, you can't really he's very stoic. He's obviously gone through a lot. You know, he's got that PTSD sort of thing. He had the revenge arc. And now we got the father and son arc between uh, him and and, and Homelander. Mm-hmm. And then now his grandson, too, with Ryan, uh, who, whatever they end up naming him. And because, dude, to, just to add to what you're saying, because that was actually my moment as well, the th- triple threat match. I felt like that triple threat match added like, I don't know, it's, I felt like it reminded me a little bit just on a very slightly lower <laughs> scale of civil war, mm. the end scene with Iron Man versus uh Captain America versus the Winter Soldier. It was that intense, I feel like. Yeah, that was a pretty crazy one because that that was Butcher's first time 
fighting Homelander. And that's such a big moment. And um, yeah, seriously, though, with Soldier Boy, I really thought he was going to like once once Butcher turned and like look at him. It's like, hey, why'd you push my kid and all that stuff? It's like, it's over. Soldier Boy's dead. It's like, <laughs> see you, Jensen. And yeah, I thought he was dead for sure. And then he uh, Maeve tackles him out the window. They explode. I thought he was dead for sure. Yeah. But and how did Maeve survive if she loses her powers on the way down? I don't know. <laughs> she used she she used Jensen Ackles as a, as a human shield. Yeah, maybe. Or what do you call it? Landing pad or something. <laughs> yeah, just like how Batman saved Rachel in Dark Knight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. Or or so, uh, or I'm gonna say like Dominic Toretto <laughs> and Lenny. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Yeah. How'd you know that car would be there? I didn't. How'd you know that car would be there to break our fall? It's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Last random, actually last quick hitter. Okay. All right. This is just the overall scape. Now we, we like to talk about our superhero movies and TV shows. Is this the best season of superhero TV since actually fill in the blank i don't i don't even know if that was a question but (laughs) season three of the boys was the best season of superhero tv since maybe loki Mm. but uh, i mean if we're going like where it has multiple seasons i don't know daredevil season three okay yeah i i i was thinking like daredevil season one i I, dude i (sighs) You know we've we've talked about and shitted on a lot of Disney Plus uh, MCU shows because again they're usually six episodes long and uh, they generally don't stick the landing. Even though I feel like the finale wasn't the best episode of the season, I felt like they stuck the landing mm-hmm. in terms of storytelling. Like I felt like there was a satisfying end for everyone's like plot threads. And dude, that's just just regular storytelling and they didn't have to like they didn't really have to do some of these big uh like confrontations or whatever they had multiple ones but only because they they set it everything up really well and so i would have to say it's uh i think it's the best current oh that and loki i feel like are the best current superhero shows out now and that's assuming that Daredevil's still not greenlit yet. Yeah. Because then I would add that to the list if Daredevil comes back. Mm, yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue that. I think there's some ups and downs in the boys for sure. Um, but yeah, definitely. It's, it's definitely up there with the running superhero shows right now. Like, oh, and Peacemaker is up there. I want to say ta- there's your Rushmore. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about I don't want to forget about Peacemaker, but. Those are the four shows right now. If Daredevil gets greenlit for season four, I agree. I'm not. Yeah, I agree with that. The, the, the finale, though, for Peacemaker and finale for the boys, kind of on the same level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, Jeremy, do you actually want to preview what we have for our main show this coming Monday? It's kind of a big, kind of a big deal. Yeah, it's a, it's a little big movie with some big biceps from Mr. Chris Hemsworth. 
in Thor Love and Thunder because he's returning back with Stormbreaker. But the only mm. thing that's not the only thing returning. Jane Is Foster. Bare Bottom? <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, Bear <laughs> Yes, we're gonna finally see Chris Hemsworth's Bare Bottom. And that's going to be viewed by Natalie Portman's Jane Foster in Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> oh, man. It, it is currently out only in theaters. So definitely just go out and see it. It's, uh, it's an entertaining watch. Definitely the popcorniest of popcorn movies currently out. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it uh, debuted at number one in the box office. No surprise there. And, uh, well, Jeremy and I ended up watching it opening night if i believe you actually you went opening day yeah opening day so it's like wow it was it was kind of weird how they let people on a thursday and like watch it at 3 p.m i was like all right uh, i'll do it that's kind of weird how was it a packed house uh not too packed, packed but it was it was good enough that uh you get mm. like cheers and stuff mm. but you could still have your leg room and in your arm nice. space you know it was weird with um with my thursday showing it was an xd showing cinemark Usually with those showings, it's completely full. It was it was mostly full, and um, I was sitting on the right side of Joash, who was actually going to be our guest for the episode, and we were in the middle. To the left of Joash was completely empty. It was weird. Maybe someone like canceled their tickets last. Minute I think or so. I think so. So uh, it was a little strange, but um, yeah, definitely be on the lookout uh, this coming Monday. I believe that is July eighteenth. And uh, yeah, Thor Love and Thunder, watch it in theaters. And so, Jeremy, if they want to keep track of what's going on on the Weekly Reel podcast, how can they follow the the podcast? Yeah, search up we or search up at Weekly Reel on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, we keep, keep up to date on all that stuff, especially Instagram. I feel like if you want like the reels, you want recast little snippets of us in video form, go to Instagram. And uh, follow us there at Weekly Real. Yes. And uh, we do have a TikTok also. I mean, we've been kind of lagging with some content there, but uh, where are we going to be cooking something up? I have some ideas. Uh, Jeremy, I'll let you know on the next meeting that we have offline. <laughs> but yeah, definitely check us out. Uh, and uh, again, thank you. Uh, thank you all for supporting the weekly real podcast check out last week's episode on everything everywhere all at once uh we actually had a pop culture podcaster like one of our cohort cohorts uh michael asuncion i hope i didn't butcher his last name uh but he runs two podcasts himself uh so definitely check that out um as well um it was a podcast 118 which is a hey arnold uh re-education i believe and then two old souls Definitely check out that episode, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, I think one of the best movies of 2022 so far. And then again, this coming Monday, Thor Love and Thunder with Joe Ash. He's back uh, for another MCU episode. And so on behalf of Jeremy and Andrea, my name is Ken, and we'll see you next time on The Reels.